everyone. Welcome to another episode of Relative Pitch. We hope you all have been well. We hope you enjoyed that episode last week with Dr. Moore. It was amazing having her on. She was just a gem. And if you haven't checked that episode out, make sure to go check that out. Um, how's everyone been doing? Because we know that there are a lot of planets in retrograde right now, right? Mercury's in retrograde. There's a lot of the, uh, the day before recording this was the equinox. Why are you doing this? Well, just why are you doing this? Lauren, Lauren, why are you doing this? It has to be said because listen, it don't, it really don't. All I have learned is that when these retrogrades happen, when these equinoxes happen, stay at home, (laughs) do not go out. Because when you do, that is when things happen. I really took myself home. I like cooked. I went to the gym. I was fine. Oh, Everyone so else who went out. Which report is she cooked for the first time in three months? What did you say? Three years. What? <laughs> three years, really. <laughs> Listen. So, empty ways. You know, I feel like, hold on. I feel like Lauren's trying to throw us under the bus. She really is. She <laughs> really is. I, saying, I know that there have been a lot of people in my sphere who said this past week in general, but also specifically, this would be like the past uh, Thursday when y'all are listening to this recording. But it just has been kind of rough, you know? And there's just some days where you cannot explain. Like, there's just this thing happens, then that thing happens, then that thing happens. You know, but listen, y'all get y'all oil, y'all sage, shake it out. Shake it out, y'all. It's okay. And listen, just don't go to work. If you having a bad day, if you start off wrong, just stay at home. <laughs> just cut it. Don't even go in. No, I just don't go to work. Like them kids gonna be okay. They are it's all right. You know what happened with what's that one uh that one book where all them kids are stranded on the island and they, they started like self governing? Now I think in the book they did start killing each other, but Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. There we go. Speaking of controversial books, Ask me if I ever read that book. You don't read. You don't read. Right, Matthew doesn't read it. The only book I ever read was Tequila Mockingbird. Ooh, that Tequila? is a it's a cocktail recipe book. Tequila Mockingbird? Mm. Mm. You saw it. You okay. saw it. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I really, a, a huge thing that has been popping up a lot recently that I haven't known kind of how to feel about it, but now I think I, the words have come to me and I understand why I feel the way I do about it. So... Whenever all the, the, if y'all remember, obviously, in 2020, when all the George Floyd protests were happening and, and BLM, I had a lot of, I, I made a, um, a list of ways that people can support, whether that's through donation, whether that's through learning, whether that's through listening, um, ways to just understand what was happening more within the community and why we were reacting the way we were when uh, these incidents were happening. And I had a lot of my friends um, especially a lot of my white friends who were reaching out asking like, what can I do to, to help and to support? And a lot of them chose to share the um, resource list I had. A lot of them chose to do their own personal reading and um, de- decolonization, if we want to say that. And um, I really love that approach because the idea, they didn't really want to center themselves. They just wanted to like know what can I do to help support without centering myself. And so I, you know, in the past few years, especially, we have seen a rise of professionalism being made out of activism, right? We're seeing all these DEI coordinator and DEI um, 
professional positions at different jobs and especially within education popping up. Um, and first of all, a lot of a lot of um, members of underrepresented communities who do get to have those roles, a lot of them, first of all, have felt as if they were only there as a check mark. Um, but then you have that side of it, which we can also discuss. The side of it I really wanted to discuss, though, is when I see a white person, specifically a white woman, in a position that is like diversity coordinator or coordinator of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I didn't understand. I had a. I just recently had an experience last week where I was being... I was supposed to be, it was like, it's supposed to be an educational experience where um, someone who was like the DEI person for a local um, symphony was talking to us about their work and all these things. Now this, this lady was white um, and she was kind of talking about the different initiatives and da da da. And I don't know why, but I was sitting there and I was like, I don't know why this isn't clicking for me. I don't know why I'm not getting anything out of is that is that something that y'all have experienced uh, yeah i mean when so next week in one of my graduate classes my graduate seminar is going to be um the diversity talk and i promise you if someone comes into this room and they are less melanated than moi it's gonna be real. It's it's gonna be a problem, and because this has happened before. Like you know, you're sitting here telling me, "Oh my gosh, black people feel this way." You know, Latinos feel this way. Blah blah blah. Everybody feels this way. How the hell do you know that? Did did you read that somewhere? Did mm, did you ask somebody? But even if you did the bare minimum of that. Why are you speaking on it? You know, like we want people to be supportive. Great. We did not ask for you to be the voice, the MLK, if you will. Mm -mm. Get your ass in the back. Okay. Be somebody, be in the village. Don't be the leader of the village. How about that? We, we love the support. Um, we love everything that, that you do. However, this is not yours. You do not live in our skin color. You do not live whatever our minority situation is. You, so you really don't know. You really don't know. So when you preach to me as a person who have lived this life, I wake up Black The first thing, you know, someone sees me, I'm black. Okay. I can just take that off. So don't come to me and try to lecture to me about this when you have not lived that experience. So I, I, I truly understand what you, what you were saying. Like, it's not clicking for me because it's not genuine. And, and Michael, like, yeah, Anthony, like, yes to everything you're saying. Like, I go to, I wake up black, I go to bed black. The first thing someone noticed about me when I'm walking through the street, I'm black, like, period. I Like, from my skin to my hair to my nose, my lips, everything about me, I am black. 
Like, this is no, I'm not taking it off. And I do understand the idea of, like, it's we, It's not even weird. It is wrong to hear someone talk to you about your experience when they do not share that experience. I don't need you to tell me that I have gone through a lot because of my skin color. I know that. I am in this skin color. Um, but before I go back on that, Michael... As someone who is not black and you have been involved in these conversations in this podcast within your own work as a professor, you have had students from different backgrounds and perspectives, you've had black students. What what is what do you think what's the what's what goes through your head when you are wanting to always be an ally but wanting to also make sure that you are not centering yourself in these conversations? I, I just listen. I just honestly give whoever it is the space to talk because sometimes they just need to talk or sometimes you just be like, you good? I might. Okay, cool. We'll talk about it later. Like not everything also has to be this huge giant conversation where we're naming every elephant that we see in the room. Sometimes it's just like knowing that they know that you're there. You know they are there and you're not overlooking them. And yeah, that's mainly what it is. But honestly, if someone be talking like what you're saying, like that person, I would just be looking at them in, in their face like, you're done yet? Because if it ain't clicking, I'd just be staring at people. I'd No, I mean, but I understand what you're saying in in the sense that um, in the idea of like not making things such a big deal, because that is another side of this of this where you have the teachers. I'm going to say it again, usually white women who like by trying to whatever the work they think that is decolonization work, they're actually just beating and beating and beating a horse that they shouldn't have been on in the first place. Like. You, you can have black students and not every day remind them that they're black. Does that make sense? Like your classroom in your standards, yes, you have to, I'm sure in the new, I don't know what the teaching standards and all those things are, but I'm sure it's to be inclusive and inviting and da da da. That does not mean like making everyday culture day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, and that seems like what it is. Oh my gosh. Now. I just. If you've ever watched Everybody Hates Chris, if you've used yes. that teacher where yes. she's like, Chris, how are you and your family? How do you do Kwanzaa? Wild. I I celebrate Christmas, you know, like, but every single time was like, you're black. Talk to us about Africa. Right. Where's your dekente cloth? Where, 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 like, where is my daishik? You know, like, what? Like, I'm confused. But I'm actually tell you this. That person, and if you are that person or you know a person like that, they are truly the ones that, that are doing the most damage. Literally, like, they are the racist ones. That's that's really the thing, and I I have run into some people who um, are kind of like that, and they think that they're doing great work. 
They think that they're doing, you know, I'm inclusive, you know, I need to hear this Black experience. Um, but what's really doing, now you're isolating. Hmm. You are now saying you are so different and I need to put you on some type of pedestal, not pedestal, but like in your own over here. Oh, yeah. so that's that separate but equal type of thing. Like you're over here. I'm still going to interact or whatever, but you're over here. And it's then that that goes back to being what's, what's the difference between that person and just an outright racist. Personally, I would rather be around the outright racist than the person Why over here who's doing, you know, this 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 uh, gaslighting and all that because that's the sneaky ones. That's usually the ones who actually have power, and that really, you know, oh look, um, I'm before you in your face, but then are the lawmakers that go and make these laws and are like, mm, black people no rights. Any person of color, no rights. You know, all of that. So to me, the most dangerous uh, dangerous individual of those two is definitely the one who is just gaslighting the whole time. Well, my another thing, my thing is like, I'm not going to go up to, like, <clears throat> I know Lauren and Anthony. So I've like witnessed Lauren wash her hair and go through that process. So like when one of my students washes their hair, I see like, oh, you washed your hair last night. I'm not going to go up to my student like, how did you wash your hair? How, did how, you use oh my gosh, your hair changed. What, what? Yeah. Or like, like and, and say XXXXX that Lauren uses. Be like, do you use any of this stuff? And like, how was it? How long did it take? Did you put a little mask on it? Like, like why would I do that when I didn't go up to X student and be like, how are you? How'd you wash your hair? Like, I'm not going to ask every kid how they wash their hair. Right. No, that's well, that's literally exactly it is that if you would not say that same exact thing to the other student in that, like, then why are you saying it to this student? You know what exactly. I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Or like one of them, like one student, like <clears throat> one student came in with a, it was like a thing of shirts, like I'm black, I'm proud, I'm woke. And I was like, I really like that shirt. I just did. I really did like that shirt. And then someone, and then like, I was just like that, those kind of things you can compliment a shirt. And, but you like, you don't have to break it down and be like, Ooh, what made you buy this shirt? Cause I know that's what some teachers do. I said, parents, teachers, that is what some teachers do. They'll be like, stop the whole thing. I love that shirt, but oh, yeah. you on a whole, it's like they go out of their way just to be like, I am inclusive. I am a liberal and I support you. No, these are the, the posts you'll see on Facebook of the picture of the, the kid in the shirt with their face blurred out. And it's like, today I woke up. Today, my student came into my classroom wearing this shirt, and it really made me think, how can I be more inclusive in my class? <laughs> in my class, No, but if, if this sounds familiar, and also if this sounds like something you have done in the past, uh, maybe ask yourself why you have done that. Because to me, I, I will why? always, when I see those pictures of you, of you people and all your Black students, and you have this whole, and I'm just, 
And I'm three black students. You say how many? Three. But but even like but my whole thing is there are teachers who specifically want to teach in schools that have a larger mi like minority population or majority minority population, right? And I'm so used now to seeing these posts of a white woman surrounded by her black students with a whole what what do they call it? Um, um, a, like just a long like a thesis on why it's important for them to, and like and this is. I know the intention is to be positive and to be uplifting, but can can't you just do that? Like what by sharing it are you trying to get other people to do that? But really the people who are going to be engaging with it in a positive way are either already doing those things or already think the way you're thinking. Like, so for me, the whole idea of, well, this could change, someone could see this and change someone's, but no, I don't think so. I think we're at the point now where people know how to be inclusive and how to be not racist. And if they're doing it, they, it, it is just an intentional ch like choice. They are intentionally doing it. The, the picture of you with your black students is not going to change them at all. At all. They will see it and move past it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As they should. Your, right, as they should. Leave it alone. The intention is not the function that it gives. Mm. So you intended for this to, to be like, oh, I'm doing something right. Look what I'm doing. But what it comes off is that, again, you are isolating. And when you only show your three Black students or three minority students, and the rest of your class is just white. What that doesn't look good. It it doesn't. Just like when you see um on these uh, when you go to like universities and you look at the the pamphlets and you see um a a black girl um an Asian male um a, a Latino whatever. Those are your three only of color people. And you put them on a poster. Because when you actually go to this university, you will realize that it's they milk. are only three. Milk. So I know a university who did that. Ooh, we all did. While I was, while I was attending. Ooh. I was like, we all did. The thing with that is. What what irritates me is that the person or people that are in charge, you know it's a problem. Because no, you picked these people because they were the only one. So you know for a fact it's a problem. Anthony, do you remember? Actually, I think, Michael, you were there for this too, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. There was a donor event that happened at one of our past institutions the past institution where I was like, wow, all the black people are here. <laughs> and I literally just remember being like, wow, <laughs> all the black people are here. Literally, literally, I, 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 it, no, it was, no, like literally, cause I was, <clears throat> I went to, and I'm telling you, I was finally outnumbered in that school of music for the first time. And, uh, and then in two seconds when the next rehearsal started, was not outnumbered again. 
right every move. black person in the school of music was there literally what? from, so from every voice major instrumentalist jazzer ec- musicology uh-huh. I- everybody wow. this is this I, is a black space this I, is the I, first i've never seen y'all before hold on <laughs> wait a minute no but like this is what I have to say about that to the educators, especially the public, like high school, middle school, elementary school. We know that you, the teachers themselves really don't control the numbers, right? That's a part of the district. It's part of the counties. It's all the red zoning, all the district districting that is done. My issue with what you're doing is when you do post um, your post that you obviously have like 20, like non-minority students, and then your maybe three or four minority students you're singling them out in this idea of otherness. And that's what I don't like about it, is that instead of just being like, class was great today, da-da, but even then, why do you have to do it? Just just stop, just take Facebook away. Like really, if you really, if you really feel like your happiness and joy comes from posting those little things on Facebook, I want you to reevaluate what you actually get out of teaching. Is it the actual teaching and the connection with your students or is it the sharing and being patted on the back, being praised for your work with minority students? Oh my gosh, that just like reminded me because I saw this a lot at where I taught um, in Florida. So we were adjacent to the like world largest um, retirement community. You have to be 55 and up. So you know what the what the demographics of this place is. And the demographic of my school was the complete opposite. My the only thing that separated was one street. So you go over one street and the, the villages is like this rich, lavish golf courses and you know, 300, 400000 dollars homes, people are riding on golf carts and everywhere. They would come and try to, or they they would come to help out at the school. And I remember the whole time I'm just sitting here like, I don't like this. Because to me, it looks like they're just trying to help. Oh, they're black kids. They they need this. They really need this. And and there are some that that truly did like to help. And we did need help. Yes. But there were some, I'm sitting here like, actually, I know for a fact, because one of them actually said this, like, in my general area, it was like, oh, these kids, they, they've been through so much, you know, we just here to help and da 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 And I'm like, I, do you want a damn Oscar? Do, do you want a, a Grammy? Do, do, do you want an Emmy? A Tony? Do you want a Pulitzer? For all of your help, you want a presidential medal of freedom. Because the way you're making it sound is like, oh my gosh, you are you were just the second coming of Christ. I am helping these poor black kids. Ah girl, I don't you you you're not doing what you really think you're doing. 
Well, here's my thing. If the argument for for DEI being more accessible, being more diverse, being more equitable is this idea that that should be a normal, then why 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 are people treating it as if it's going above and beyond? If being intentional Charity. and Charity. Yeah, that's well that's exactly what I mean. If we really had this idea of you're just supposed to help the less fortunate just because and that shouldn't have to be you shouldn't have to post that you went and donated to goodwill you shouldn't have to post that you went and volunteered at a soup kitchen like this weekend that should be something that you are already actively thinking about because you are you should if you were saying that this is how you think you should already always be constantly thinking about people less fortunate than you that shouldn't be something that you're out posting about right mm -hmm. that should just be a normal thing so that's my thing when it comes to like when people go do these mission trips and I, I, I can't believe we're still having these conversations after so long. But going to like the mission trips pictures where it's like a white person surrounded by, they're on a knee, they have like a, a kid sitting in their lap, a black kid sitting on their lap and everything. And they're just like, this past like three months have been the most rewarding thing. I, I feel like I have been like you, you, you going there, first of all, I'm already, I already know that you're going there just to get that picture. That's mm. it. Mm. That's it. Because, you know, they, they go and they help. But then afterwards, they're going back to their luxury hotels. They're just sipping their cocktails. They're, they have their feet up, kicked back. They're going to the spas. And they go out there maybe once a week to go actually interact with people in the village that they're living. Because they always say that I got to stay in a remote village in Kenya. And I'll, like I'm just like, first of all, the way they market, you, usually, generally, a lot of these mission trips are in Africa that they like to go to. They market it as if, like, they're, it's huts still. Mm -hmm. And I just, I hate it. I, I really do hate it because then they, they do it in the idea that, you know, mission trips are usually centered in Christianity and all these things. I was like, child, Jesus didn't brag. I was like, Jesus, Jesus just did. So if you're saying you're framing it around the idea of what being like Jesus is, no, it's not. Not at all. Um, to your point about, do you know that when people think of Africa, they still think it's, it's you know, all the countries in Africa are still living in huts and, and this and undeveloped. Have you seen like Nambia? Have you seen actually Kenya? Like have you, there are, there are cities. There are cities in those countries, you know? Oh, I, I saw it on TikTok. Um, this, uh, she was from a country in Africa and she was making TikToks. One of the comments was, oh my gosh, how do y'all have Wi-Fi in the desert? How do you have a phone? Where is that? And like, I loved it because she answered in like such a funny way. She was just like, I don't know. We had to kill a wildebeest and like, you know, do this. and da, da, da. It was like hilarious. It was hilarious. There was. Uh -huh. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was, I was just saying there was one where they asked about like water and stuff like that. And they were like, so in the morning I go to, uh, with my grandmother to the village and we take the head baskets and we go. And I was like, y'all. Yeah. It was. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. Be like ask stupid questions when get stupid answers. Like, like correct. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, where do you think, doll? Come on now. So, um, I just think that that was just a a, a a large problem that 
every other country, whenever you think of countries besides Africa, they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Michael, we can't see that. It's I know. I'm fix it, girl. Mm. By the way, that's the, that's one of the cities. It's a city. Yeah, the thing about it is we but know. Everybody know. They're updated. That you literally, like, I just was talking to someone who went on a, a full, like, three-week, this was a black woman, went on a full three-week tour with the, and was she like, oh, we went to all, there was bougie. It was beautiful. It was Africa. It was the motherland. You know what I mean? Like, she, there was no talking of, like, any of that, any of the things that usually these mission trips center, it was like talking about the wealth that's there and the beauty and the things that have been brought to and brought that have been created through the communities there. Yeah. This is like not the what they live in. This is not. That people have in their head. So no. in, in general, it's still this idea, this othering that happens whenever these, the, these educators are in the rooms and they, and they think they have to uplift their minority students, but I'm like, can't you just, isn't, you don't, re not really, like you really just have to be intentional with the lessons you're planning, be inclusive without centering in a way that makes them feel excluded in a week, like, or ostracized, if that's a, that's a better way to put it, but where they feel like they are separated from their other peers so they're, they're, you know, they're white friends, they're normal, right? They have, they, but then me, like, oh, well, I do this differently. So I see myself as different from them. You're already making them internalize this feeling that they are separated from others. Um, all in all, I really do think that the issue, the biggest issue with this decolonization work that I see happening is this idea that people are, are finding a new way to center themselves through this. Um, there was a tweet that I sent you guys um, that um, I found that says, states, amazing to see white women leading the conversation on decolon decolonizing anything. Guess they missed the part of doing the work where it said to decenter oneself. So this, what this tweet is saying is that the idea of a big part of decolonization work for people who from our groups from who have never been there, your people have never been colonized, is this idea that you need to take yourself out of the center of this picture. What that, what that is not saying is that you have no way to support decolonization efforts. What it is saying is that in your efforts to support, you should not be centering yourself. You should not be saying, I am a DEI expert. I am a decolonization expert. I am an activist that, that, that and I'm only centered around da 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 da. No. No. Also, I will say this with my entire chest. Anytime I see a position open anywhere that is for the purpose of, of uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility, awareness, anything like that, and you don't have a person of color sitting in that role, the organization, I'm looking at you. The person, the non-POC who's sitting in that chair, I'm looking at you because if you're saying that your job is to help with the the, the diversity fying and, and um, equifying of the space you are in and you are occupying a space that is not meant for you, it don't work. Mm. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So sitting on those diversity committees in y'all schools, sitting in those the diversity, equity, inclusion committees in your organizations, in your communities, and you yourself are not a person of color or a person from an underrepresented community, why are you there? 
Mm. Why are you taking up space at the table that is not meant for you? You, The reason why you are not a part of this conversation is because you have not been colonized. You have not been oppressed. Why are you taking up spaces from people who deserve to be there? Mm. What do you think you're from your perspective you are sharing that is more that is more valuable than someone who has lived in that perspective? Are you crazy? Do you hear what you're saying? Your presence, that is what you're saying. That is what you're saying to me when I walk into an organization, you have your DEI board and I see four white men, two white women and one black woman sitting in there. Make it make sense. I'm sorry. I just had to, cause that pissed me off. The no. idea. Talk your mess. <laughs> Talk your mess. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. But isn't that true? But Think about it. Think about those, those, we're seeing so many of those DEI committees come out. Yeah. And that's who, that is what the ratios I have seen that I've even seen, I've been a part of before I realized what bothered me so much about being the only black person in the room, the only black female in the room. I was like, what's wrong with this? Especially sitting on a, on a committee about diversity equity and inclusion and also first of all if it's an, a board of diversity equity and inclusion i i do want to say this to anybody listening because um i love what dr moore said last um last week which she said you know we have to be inclusive of all but this is my story and this is this is from my point of view so um some of you might be saying why is it always got to be about black well that's because that's that's our story. Me and Lauren, that's who we are. Now, we are not saying every, every other minority shouldn't be. No, because truly on a diversity, equity, and inclusion board should be representative of all minorities. Honestly, there shouldn't be a white person on the freaking board in the first place. The, the question is, why should they be on it? Why? We're talking about how to make things better for people of color and other minority subgroups. Mm. And really, white does not belong there. And I think the reason it has really become such an issue, I, I, this goes, you know, to when white people finally are counted out of things, it's anger, and they're like, we're gonna take it over. Mm -hmm. So now you, you've taken over this space that you're the cause of it. So how are you gonna whoop my ass and then come back around and say, mm, yeah, I whooped your ass. How you feel? You want to feel better about I want, I want to leave the efforts in figuring out why we did that. Yeah. Yeah. Make it make sense. Like, listen. Make it make sense. So, truly, on a DEI board, it needs to be representative. You need to have Black. You need to have Asian. You need to have Hispanic. You need to have... Um, Indigenous. You need to have literally everybody. You need to have LGBTQ. You need to have women. You need to have um, everybody else. And if there is a white person on the board, they need to be on there as more of a person who is just sitting and observing the conversation. 
They, and I'll even say no leading. Mm-hmm. I'll say for because we I've started trying to as much as I can. It's hard, but trying to use the acronym Alana instead of BIPOC because the only thing about POC is it has this idea of like you're like well what who is that still Alana is um, um, African Latinx Asian Arab Native American right so these are the groups of people who are in this cat this um, under like underrepresented groups of people who we want to see represented in these, whenever I hear diversity board, whenever DEI boards, accessibility board, all these things, I want to see that. I also want to see women. I want to see um, LGBTQ, non-binary, like trans, like bisexual. I want to see it all because, and that's the whole thing is like, here's my other thing. Cause this, there was a conversation I was hearing on um, Triloquy, shout out Triloquy. Um, I was listening to the gym is they were talking about this idea of, um, you know, the idea of white gay men not being a minority really anymore when it comes to our field. I will say that again, gay white men are not a minority when it comes to our field. So we have composers, we can look at who are, we are like, oh yeah, those are gay white men. We have our conductors, especially, who were like, yes, they are gay white men. So my whole thing is that we have plenty to see of that. We have plenty to be like, we, that is an example of that. Cause that is something that, that is a group that have been given a bigger platform more recently than other groups like black females and queer composers who are especially queer composers of color. So this idea that groups, because this is what's happening, I am saying this for a reason, groups are now going, okay, we can hire then a white male still, except for he's gay. And we did it. We did it. We won, we won this DEI thing. We won it because we can say that he is gay and that's all we really need. And while that may be, one incy incy step towards actual diversity, you could have gone further and you chose not to. Because if you were telling me that there was no like person of color or there was no um, like woman on that, on that search, whoever you did the search for, who was as qualified, if not more qualified than the person you chose, Mm. It's just a, at this point, it's just a lie. We have seen it. It is that we the, out of every instrument, all the fields, we have seen the greatest composers, conductors, instrumentalists, vocalists who have been queer, who have been people of color, who have not gotten opportunities that people who they are at the same level or better than have been given. Absolutely. Yes. So these, whenever, I mean, I hope to find myself in a position where I'm doing hiring um, to this level. And the results that my hiring is going to have isn't going to be seen at, it's going to be the complete opposite, hopefully, of what we have been seeing. 
I want to see more women. I want to see more black people. I want to see more Arab people, Native American people. I want to see people who we have not seen centered and given the opportunities finally get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's not about the quality. It's about being given the opportunity. Amen to that. Amen to that. So, I don't it's it's I mean, we we've said a lot. I have very strong opinions of, the, of this because I get to I see it with especially within arts and admin. I see how people do hiring practices. I see orchestras who have diversity statements do opening night galas and opening night concerts that all of their conductors, their guest artists, and the composers of the pieces they're playing that night are all white men. Yet they have a full diversity statement that says they are committed to bringing non-traditional or non or bringing underrepresented composers, artists, performers to the stage, yet that's not what they did. I'm over the diversity statements. I'm over I'm over the the idea of we're doing this and we have this thing to say we're doing this and we're doing these initiatives through our education and community engagement departments. But then when it comes to your actual core symphonies, you are not actually doing that. It's just lip service. It is lip service. <laughs> child so i you know the good thing is that we are having these conversations Mm. right what i really want to encourage anyone who you're in hiring positions you're on hiring boards or whatever you have influence when it comes to hiring you yourself sit on these committees depending on who you are I want you to think about what your purpose of being in those spaces are. What are you doing when you have that power? Are you are you just there to say, oh, like is it just a check on your resume? Is it just good to be like, oh, I'm on this board and it looks good for me? Or are you intentionally doing things to help better it? Is your presence there actually doing any of the real work? Because there was a whole article that came out, and I can't remember the name of the group, but it was a theater group whose entire board, they looked at their board and went, oh God, this is not at all, this does not reflect the 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 DEI statements we've been putting out. This doesn't reflect the, the overall missions we have put out to serve. So they completely went mm-hmm. and got a completely new board to actually represent what they were supposed to be doing. Now, there's this idea of like, well, then if you're if you if you're giving to something, that means you're taking away from something. Not in this case. There are people, certain groups who will you will never have an issue finding a job. That is just the truth. That is the truth. So these opportunities that are being made for underrepresented groups, don't take that away from them. Don't take that away from them and don't see that as a loss for yourself. As well, this is like the decentering part of it. That's all I gotta say. Now, well, we, you know, we're gonna continue to always have these conversations around because it, it seems as though 
shit just keeps happening like this. So, and we're going to continue to talk about it until something changes. But until then, please let us know what you think down below. Um, and please watch all of our episodes for season three. We got some great things coming up in the future. So until then, we will see you later. Bye.